So what we want to do today is we've got two passages that we want to, to sort of form or to be formed by. We're going to use them. One of them is in the book of, of Philippians. So if you will turn to Philippians, uh, Philippians, yeah, Philippians chapter 3, this is page 981. We're going to look at one verse there. And then uh, also look in, we're going to look in uh, the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 13, uh, verses 6 through 9. Now, the Luke passage is not the uh, version that you have that will be right. on the screen. It will be from Eugene Peterson's The Message, a contemporary uh, in, uh, translation. Right, but those are going to be the two, verse, the two, the two texts that we're going to use. The first one, so in the Philippians passage, Philippians chapter 3, uh, verse 14, it says, I press on towards the goal uh, for the prize of the upward call of God uh, in Christ Jesus. Notice that he didn't give that to me. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> He's afraid you'll think it's a microphone. That's about, about right. So <laughs> Start I just singing. used my Jedi mind tricks <laughs> to turn the slide. So um, actually, since you've got the passage, why don't you, if you don't mind reading the passage. Sure. Yeah. Um, Luke chapter 13 from the message, it says, Then he told them a story. Jesus is the one telling the story. A man had an apple tree planted in his front yard. He came to it expecting to find apples, but there were not any. He said to his gardener, what's going on here? For three years now, I have come to this tree expecting apples, and not one apple have I found. Chop it down. Why waste good ground with it any longer? Then the gardener said, let's give it another year. I'll dig around it, and I'll fertilize it, and maybe it will produce uh, next year. And if it doesn't, then chop it down. All right, so let's, uh, let's pray. Whenever we uh, read the scriptures, we will be formed by it. Oh, God, what we do at this moment is we want... Uh, the reading of the passage to be used by you, leveraged by your spirit to either begin something inside of us or continue something inside of us. Uh, we, we know that when we talk about transformation, the idea of being formed in the image of Christ, that uh, you, you have to do the lion's portion of that. Uh, we might participate, but it's because of Jesus Christ that, that this work that is started will come to completion. And so we want all that to be a part of. Uh, just like the song uh, that Jake uh, sang, um, less of me and more of you. Use the passage in this way, O God, and we pray this in your name. Amen. So last week, we are, are talking about the whole concept of building spiritual momentum. And over these next few months, what we want to do is we want to angle ourselves uh, towards that so that then that... Uh, pretty much guides the rest of the year for us. So January, February is a time of inventory. It's a time of uh, looking inwardly of, of things that might be going on inside of us. And, and, and in order to, to sort of help us with that, I used the image of snorkeling uh, on a recent vacation. Um, over New Year's, my family and I were able to travel uh, outside of Costa Rica uh, or in Costa Rica, and we were snorkeling on, on the Pacific side, and that is my, my, my little brother Trey and I were snorkeling. And in, inside this little cove where we were at the resort, um, what was sort of unexpected was how fast or, or how strong the current was. And uh, so we donned our mask and our snorkel and our fins, and what we both realized is that when we were with the current, snorkeling was easy. We didn't have to do much, we, maybe just a stroke with our hands every now and then, or maybe a kick with, with our feet and the fins, and, and it, the, the current moved us wherever we wanted to go, and so we were able to sort of move up and down this coral reef 
when we were with the current. But the moment that we turned against the current, it became difficult. It was harder to maneuver. It actually was a little more dangerous because the current could maybe push you into uh, into a rock or into the side of the reef. And, And spiritually, the same concept applies. The idea is that we want to be in with the current of God's grace because God's grace moves all things to, to completion. Yeah, that was that passage last yeah. week we looked at, Philippians six. 1, 6, mm-hmm. being confident of this, that yeah. he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ Jesus. Absolutely. So that's, that's constant. That's uh, indiscriminate when it comes to God. It's universal. God's grace will move all things towards that, or at least that's the desire of God's grace. And so it flows out of the heart of God. And and so every subsequent work by God through his grace is to bring that to completion. Yeah. Now, that's what God does. But there's something else with us is that, I mean, obviously God is not a violator of a person's will. And so we have a part to play in this. And, And the idea of building spiritual momentum is where we swim with the current of God. To, to, uh, because an object at motion does what? Stays at motion, but an object at rest will stay at rest. And so when we swim against the current of God's grace, then we find ourselves in a place of rest. We want to be in a place of motion. We want momentum. So how do we do that? If last week we looked at what John mentioned, we looked at God's part, God's gonna bring this to completion today, We want you to think about or we want to look at what do we do to build spiritual momentum. So if if I were to ask you that question, how do you build spiritual momentum either in your own life or if we look at it in the life of a congregation, say here at St. Paul, what, what do we need to know about building momentum inside of us? Right. So, you know, we, we talked a little bit about this idea of maybe getting out of your own current and maybe intentionally with all deliberate intentions to get into God's current. Now, what we, what we have to struggle with in one way or another is, um, is this idea of the questions that might jump up in our minds. Like, what do I need to do? What, what, are, what are the things that God is going to do in me and through me? Because what we want is to get to that good destination of, of God working in us and through us, that God will bring this to completion. Because just imagine what that would mean for you. What would what would it mean for you? And what would it mean for St. Paul? What difference would that make in our community, our families, our relationships, if we were swimming with this current, if we were not fighting against it? And one of the things that we have to do is at least realize on one, in one uh, sense or another that it's really not a, um, a single action. It's it, our response to God's current. This is not getting us into the current. This is not keeping us in the current. It is our response to it. Um, There are several things that kind of unfold for us. And one of those things is that it is not just a single action. It is an action that might lead to another action that might lead to another action and then another action. And and all of these actions are, are not in a silo. Rather, all of them are in concert in participation for what the Holy Spirit is wanting to do within us and through us. Because it is important that without our participation, without us participating with God, um, then uh, this spiritual maturation, this formation that God wants to do with us, it is just another list of self-help 
items that we need to tick off derived from the problems that we see ourselves in. Actually, it, actually, it becomes legalism. It becomes legalism, too. It, and, and when it becomes legalism, then it becomes a power that we hold over somebody else. Well, you're not doing it this way, or you've got to read from the King James Version of the Bible. That's the only one. Or, you know, you've got to, you know, not uh, do this or go there or whatnot. You've been talking to my grandmother. Uh, <laughs> she, Flashbacks. She was, she was convinced that there was only one version of the Bible, and it was formed under King James. So... Uh, uh, early as a, I've got so many memories now with the King James Version where she would sit us down as uh, little boys and uh, pretty much just nail us over the head with it. Um, but this idea of working with, um, so often what I see a, as a minister is, you know, we either have approach disciplines like our devotions, the things that we study, whatever it may be, praying, and we see it as a list of things I have to do. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, if we do it, then somehow, you know, if I do all these things, then somehow what's going to magically be produced inside of me is some grand and glorious change. And and so it's more of what I do instead of what God and me doing it together. And uh, because there are things that we do. I mean, John mentioned this concept of a response. And and that's critical when we think about uh, faith growth, about maturation of faith, swimming with the current. If God is working to bring people to, to this level, to this goal, then we work with God, not independent of God. And often in the church, we think it, sometimes it's we're working independent of. As if I, well, if I read this, or if I pray this many times, or, or if I study this way, or if I, you know, if, I, if, I, you know, if I come to worship this many times, or, or I have this many minutes set aside during our day, that somehow, that, that I, boom, it's going to take place. And it might, but it will not if it's without God. And so this idea of swimming with the current, I mean, obviously there are things that we do. I mean, you think times if you study. I know for you, uh, just being around you, my, our offices are close to each other, memorizing scripture. I mean, you have a, a kind of a regimen of things that you do, but it's not just I do them and then I'm done. It's you do them with God so that it creates something inside of you. You know, and I got to be honest with you, Shane, um, that I wish it was as clear as I do this, then this would happen. I, I really wish it was, okay, you, you pray five minutes on this, or you need a job, you read the book of job, right? And it, some of you got that. Okay. And, uh, but up, um, <laughs> go ahead, Scott, you know, you know give me a rim uh, shot. You, you, I wish it was something you, you can tick off, you know, because deep down inside that would give me what self confidence. That would give me the ability to do it alone. That would give me the ability to say, I have done this. And when I am leaning into that realm, I'm diminishing the work that God wants to do in this current, what God wants to do, because it's not about Christ and me that brings me to this. It is about what God wants to do. And I participate with God. I participate with God. Disciplines become the leverage that the Holy Spirit uses to form the image of Christ inside of each one of us. So we we do things... It's not just a one and done. It's not just a single action. It, it's it's a, multiple steps of actions. But the actions are not the end and of themselves. They are the means 
by which God changes the heart from the inside out. So, so I mean, you do have to think about this inventory that we want to take over January and February. You know, do, do, you know where do I study? Because study is used as the leverage that God renews my mind. Where do I pray? Or, 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 or how many times? Or when, you know, when do I give myself to prayer? Prayer is more inward than anything else. And so that particular discipline is leveraged by God's Spirit to change my heart. So it does involve study. It does involve praying. involves worship, being together in community. It involves accountability, small group. All those things are used by God. So there, there are actions that we, that we either do or form or, 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 or perform, but they're not the end in of themselves. Right. They're a means to an end. And that's that goal, Philippians 1, 6, that God is, is, is going to bring that to completion. And so for Paul, in the Philippians 3 passage, he's pressing on toward it. This idea of, you know, it's kind of like an athlete sees the finish line. And so they're running or they're swimming or doing whatever, whatever, the, whatever they're doing in that contest or in that race. So they are doing some things, but just doing that is not the end. The end is the finish line. You know, Paul writes in Romans 12 that there's this process of transformation. There's a sense that renewing of the mind happens. And, sure. and so this study and, and these prayers and corporate worship and confession and, and all these things. Hey, shameless plug to a podcast that um, uh, Tommy Bridges and I did on Richard Foster's The Celebration of Discipline. You can see it on our website and get it or download it from different uh, outlets. But the idea is that these all put us into the fright, right frame uh, of mind to hear what God is uh, doing, to see the current, to see maybe that we are pushing against that current in one way or another of where God wants to go and God wants to do in us and through us. The, the, uh, the letters that Paul writes to the churches, the early churches, over and over and over again, you see this, this idea of what Paul is telling them to, to adhere, to grab on these virtues of Jesus Christ, these things, these uh, concepts of who Jesus was and become forgiving as Christ forgave, to become loving as Christ loved. To, to see ourselves as um, being transformed yeah, sure. on these, uh, in these areas. So, so one of the things that we want you to do is we want you to, to think about your life and to think, in some degree, your calendar. Because spiritual growth doesn't happen by chance. You have to be proactive. You, you have to put yourself in a place where you can swim with the current. So for some, it might be engaging in a Bible study or a Sunday school class or a small group. And that becomes the means by this renewing of your mind. For somebody else, uh, it might be setting aside each, certain times each day for prayer. I mean, you're talking about how wonderful I sing, which I definitely... I'm not a shameless plug, man. Let me just kind of get, you know, one of these days I'm going to shameless. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, but, you know, how, how, many, how many hours do you spend in your car a week? I mean, what if you just cut the radio off? Yep. And use that time to pray. Pray for yourself, pray for other people. What if you used it as a time for 
reflection. I mean, meditation, the idea of looking inward. I mean, don't you think that God can work while you're driving just as much as God can work in the worship service? So, I mean, so what, what about serving? So, so all these are disciplines. And they're not the goal themselves. They're the means to an end that God leverages those to bring that work to completion. So one of the things that we're asking, February, January and February, is what does that look like with t- your schedule and, and how you might participate with God swimming in the current? All right, so that's the first thing. You're pressing towards a goal. Now, so the- I'll, I'll just say this. And so if you think that um, this idea of it's not just one thing, then what... Then there's a sense of us having to be uh, patient that God is actually going to do what He's going to do. Yeah, which brings up another issue that, now. That, is the time. second part yeah. of of this building momentum. This building momentum is just not realizing it's one thing, but to also realize it's going to take time. It's going to take time. Yeah, pull 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 up the uh, Luke passage again. So normally, whenever John go, we we kind of team this. We have a little bit of a script. No script this morning. None. So so we actually this is by design. Uh, which we spent hours this week talking about the passage. And so this morning we thought, all right, let's just kind of recreate our, our conversation. So notice in the passage. So we get back to the Luke passage. You've got this, the landowner and a gardener. And the landowner wants something done quickly. And when he sees the, he, he sees the tree, it, it has not produced uh, any apples. And so immediately, what, what does he want to do? Cut, Cut it, it down. down. Chop it up. Get rid of it. How does the gardener respond? With patience. With time. Let me dig around it, put some fertilizer. Some versions actually say manure. The idea is you put something around it that helps it grow. Now, let me ask you this at home, in your house or if you garden. When you put fertilizer on something, you see the results the very next day, right? Unless you use miracle Grow, right? Yeah. No, no, you don't. It takes time. I mean, I was thinking about this this morning. Um, If you walk into our laundry room, you see where we've measured our children throughout the years. And, you know, so this, and we put the little date. I'm sure you've done something. And so, so when I walk in, sometimes it catches my eye. And I, you know, and of course now they're even taller, taller than, than what we measured. When we were doing that, I mean, it's hard to see that level of growth or, or, uh, what is it, Facebook or Instagram, where they bring back those memories from like, say, 10, 12 years ago? And you got this, I mean, in our family, we have a text thread, and, and I forgot who did it, but they sent this week a, a text thread of, of three of my nieces. And, and two of them were, I don't know how old were Adley and Lanny. They were probably, what, five, seven years old maybe. And, and, and Haley was probably nine or 10, but they're all, they're tiny. And now they look completely different. You know, you look at them, and, you, and, and if you ask us, can we see the growth taking place inside of them every single minute or every single day, the answer is no. But I get a flashback with time, and you see the growth. You can't see how God is fertilizing your soul. But when you... When you when you give yourself two disciplines, 
over time, that equals transformation. We have to be open to this time factor. Yeah, we have, what do we want? What do we, we want more than anything else? Well, you know, we, we have to, because transformation does not happen immediately. It does not, the work of God that transforms us it, into the image of Christ, this takes time. But we want fast religion, don't we? we, we wouldn't it be great if we put in our next building project, that we put a drive-through in, and you could come and drive up, and you could say, "Hey, listen, uh, for today's service, I'd like uh, one um, or two worship songs, uh, a really sermon light uh, with no guilt, um, and uh, a benediction afterwards." And you know, we we want that fast because what we what we really desire is is um, these quick fixes. These we want these things to be offered in this. Uh, um, instant gratification. Um, we're, not, we're not willing to take the time for sin to get out of it, to release its grasp on us, or for our sinful nature that has controlled us for so long to uh, finally not have power over us. It takes time. I mean, to give the clearest picture of us, this is in Romans 5, 6, and 7, where Paul's talking about this whole idea of once you were an Adam, now you are in Christ. And you know, through the power of God that has nothing to do with our input, God took you from in Adam and placed you in Christ. The problem is, is that we are now in Christ. We had lived in Adam for so long that we still think like we're in Adam. We still think that sin has power over us. And if you don't think that sin should have power, read Romans 6.12. Let not therefore sin rule in your body. And so if we're going to be talking about forgiveness or we're going to talk about relationships and the way that we interact with other folks, what's important to realize is this work of God that's happening in our lives, it takes time. It takes time. I mean, you, the image throughout Paul's writings is over and again, like an athlete, like an athlete. I played ball with my son on, on Thursday night. And, uh, and I got, you know, after playing for like two and a half minutes, I was looking for the oxygen tank, right? I mean, no one here in this room would ever imagine me being an NBA star next week. I did. Oh, thank you. I just want you to know. So right here, buddy. Feel, feel right the encouragement. Here. Feel the encouragement. You know, we, so we, wouldn't, we would not imagine that. And, and, and just like I would not imagine uh, our, our youngest child, Katie, learning how to be a few and learning how to be good all the time and learning what it means to live on team few, she doesn't learn those things overnight. It takes time. It takes time, even though she's in the current with us. She has our name. You know, Eugene Peterson, uh, you and I have been reading the same book. It's uh, Tell It Slant. And that he had this great quote that I, I've just thought about this for months now. The great temptation of our day is impatience and the inability to wait and sometimes even suffer. And we do that with God. You know, this instant gratification. You mentioned Romans 5, uh, 6, and 7. You know, when I, when I was... When it comes to the book of Psalms, I like those Psalms that are just the spiritual highs. Where you're on the mountaintop or you're in the temple. Mm. You know, I have to force myself to read those Psalms when somebody is knee deep in the mud. Because we don't like that. 
And, and so there, transformation, God plays the long game. It's not a quick fix. We participate, we swim in that current, but God's goal is not a one and done. So don't pretend that it is. Don't act like it is. Don't expect it to be a one and done. And so often when it comes to our spiritual life, we, we're, we are impatient with that as much as it is when we're sitting in a drive-thru and it takes more than two minutes. Eugene Peterson is right. You have to allow time for the Holy Spirit to work. And for some of us, it's going to be the Luke 13 passage. God's going to have to dig around your soul and put fertilizer around you and then over time watch it germinate and grow. I mean, take, take forgiveness. You mentioned forgiveness as, as an example. For, you know why forgiveness is so hard? Because it's a process. It's like a dance. You take one or two steps forward, and then all of a sudden you're taking a step back. Because it involves healing. And it's the healing sometimes of emotions. It's the healing where, where, where things don't disappear. It's not like you forget it. It's that God goes and rewinds. He, he, he unwinds it, and then he puts it back together. But when he puts it back together, it's not that it goes away. It just doesn't hold the same, it doesn't have the same hold over you. But it, it, it involves time. So does spiritual growth. So does building spiritual momentum. It does involve our actions. I mean, it's not that God, I mean, God, the current is flowing, to use that analogy. We, we do things that put us in the current where we swim with God. But that destination that, that the current wants, that w- where it's going, that takes time. And it's a lifelong process. Spiritual growth, it's not by chance. I know we're fixers. I mean, you know, you, you and I talked about this. Whenever there's something in our life that either is a cause of fear or maybe it's, it's, maybe it's situational, we, we immediately want to do what? Yeah, fix it. Yeah. I mean, the, the motive, here's, I mean, when you think about these, these areas of our lives that uh, stand as roadblocks in our, our maturation process, whether it is um, the aspect of our patience or it's more than one thing or it takes time, I mean, when we have a crisis, we typically respond and jump all in and become Joe Christian for a couple weeks until the crisis is over, and then we go back to where we were. We go back to that equilibrium of, of spiritual growth or, or whatnot. And in our hearts, we know that this really isn't working. And, and, and what, but what we want more in that moment, if you'll just least gravitate towards this and admit this, what we want more in that moment than spiritual growth is to fix the problem. I'm, I pray like Mother Teresa whenever life is not working out. But the moment it starts to get on path, non-existent. Or it's existent, but it's nowhere near like what it was. 
Right. It's, it's, uh, it's like crisis management. I'm reading a, um, a book by Carlos Whitaker um, called uh, Kill the Spider. Have you, have you read that yet, Emily? That one? It, it's, uh, listen, I, it took me a while to even open up the book because I hate spiders. I really do. Um, and what is the product of a spider? The, the product of a spider is not only fear, but is a cobweb. And, 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 the, and his premise of this book is the idea that in our lives, we want to take care of all the cobwebs that we can see, right? You ever run into a cobweb? You move fast and try to shake it all off and, 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 and whatnot. But that's what you want. You want to get rid of the cobweb that you can see. You don't care about the cobwebs that are under the house or under the store, uh, the, the stoop or whatnot. I mean, but it's the cobwebs you can see. And all through our lives, what he talks about is here, all we're doing is, is crisis management of the cobwebs in our lives. Well, he's on his way to this, this camp or this week-long retreat where they're going to dive in a little bit deeper into this. And he's talking to his dad on his way. And this is what his dad says to him on the way. He says, Carlos, I have watched you and you, uh, your entire life. You are a pro- professional at cleaning the cobwebs from your life. So you, you think about this. You get rid of the cobwebs, what do you do? You go all crazy about the cobwebs, you clean them up, but then you go back to normal. Hey, there's no more cobwebs, so I can go back. He said, um, you are a professional at cleaning the cobwebs from your life. You are amazing at playing the part and being used by God in spite of your circumstances. And now Carlos' dad gives him this advice. He says, but do not go to this place and try to clean up your life. He says, that won't work. You need to kill the spider that is making those cobwebs. You must find that producer of all those cobwebs in your life and kill it. It's much more difficult, but that is what you are there to do, is to kill the spider. And what's interesting about this is this is the same with spiritual faith maturation. This is what we want to happen. We want transformation, just not all the problems to be gone. We want it to be, as James says, the next time that we face trials in various kinds, that we will find it joy because we realize that the testing of our faith develops perseverance and steadfastness. And this is the product of what God wants to do in our lives. Absolutely. Actually, what I've got is a confession. I have slide envy. Look at John's slide. Look how nice that looks. Look at my slide. Well, I actually made both of them. I understand, but this is, I, I like that. You know, let me tell you, that's, that's real pretty. So, uh, slide envy going on here. Confession. It's two times. I'm yeah, cry. I tell you, you know, so, uh, you know, John's going to be an NBA star, and I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to make a he's slide. He's going to be singing. Yeah, so, uh, but he's right. So, what are those things inside your life? All right, so January, February, we're taking inventories of our life. We want to we put ourselves in a current. So those things where we see God working, we want to continue. On those things, celebrate those things, continue those things. But those areas where it's not, where you're swimming against the current and for various reasons, then what would it look like? Or better yet, would you have enough courage to invite God in to that particular area to bring about a change. How you think, how you talk, how you act, how you respond. Would you allow the Holy Spirit to work inside of you so that God can put his finger on those areas where you're pushing against his current? 
And then trust God and how that plays out. If Philippians 1.6 is right, he who began a good work inside of you will bring that to completion at the day of Christ, then surely he can get you from A to Z. The key is, are you willing? For some of us, will we humble ourselves? Develop a spiritual disposition of our heart that will bring about change. Change in our life, our family, our church, our community. At some point, somebody has to be willing to move into that place with God. Why not us? Lord, we, we, uh, we want to be open. We want to be authentic, uh, transparent. And, and the goal is uh, really what we pray. We, we pray this on two different levels. One, we want to pray it as an individual. And then at the same time, we want to pray it as a, as a church body. Those places inside of our life, oh God, inside of us as a group, that we're, where your Holy Spirit is dynamic it's moving, and it's producing growth. It doesn't need any fertilizer. Continue on. And not just continue, increase it, O oh God. But more importantly, those areas in, inside of uh, our life that we're embarrassed of, we don't want to admit, talk about, it might be how we think, it might be the words that we say, not just... It might be how we respond. All of this, oh God, we want to be yours. We want to build spiritual momentum so that our life continues with you. However it is it needs to take place and wherever it needs to work, that's what we pray for. And we pray this in your name, oh God. Amen.